Australia's top TV podcast, Box Cutter. Australia's top TV podcast, Box Cutters, invites you to enjoy the 2010 Eurovision Song Contest on the big screen upstairs at Vibe. Watch the SBS broadcast as we bring a little bit of Oslo to downtown Fitzroy. Come dressed to represent your favorite Eurovision nation. Drinks, bar snacks, and Julia worshipping will be available. That's Box Cutters Presents Eurovision 2010 Party. Vibe on Smith Street, Fitzroy. Sunday, May 30th from 7pm. And now, previously on Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 224. Put your phones on silent and enjoy the ride. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, an empty chair. <gasps> and to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Woo. Uh, John John Richards is uh, is away sick. No, he's so- right there. He's just lost his voice. <laughs> well, both. He's lost his voice, but he's actually not here tonight in the role of Humphrey John Richards. <laughs> He, uh, he, he, he is wearing no pants. That's true. Well, no changes there. No. Uh, but yes, uh, uh, John is, uh, is away ill, so we're without him this week. Brett, and not even our backup could come in. No, and I suspect, None of them. I suspect that's got something to do with the Survivor finale, uh, but uh, I'm not entirely sure. Is that on tonight? Uh not locally, ah. but I think she oh, yes, may, our, our American, uh, our American backup, uh, yeah, may uh, may be too entrenched. Our American backup, Nellie Thomas, might be too entrenched in uh, in the Survivor finale. You got to pronounce it, Nellie Thomas. Nellie Thomas. Although I, I I think Nellie might also be uh, watching Survivor live on Channel Nine. So when Channel Nine airs it, so I don't know what mm-hmm. she's doing. Isn't it a uh, Tuesday night show? It's after Top Gear. Yeah, but the uh, the it's after that strange seventy minute program. Top Top Gear. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they do their timings over in the UK. What with their seventy minute shows and such, it's crazy. Hey, Brett. Yes, uh, Josh. Are you aware that this podcast goes out to people for free? Absolutely. Are you aware that we've got some costs that we need to cover as far as hosting goes? Yes, we do. I feel like you're about to drop a bomb. <sighs> well, no, nah, not really drop a bomb. I just want to uh, to uh, let people know that, yes, we, we do send out this podcast for free. You can get it for free and we welcome you to, to get it for free. That's why we do it. We do it for the love of it. We'll never get a get all Ricky Gervais on your ass. No, but... We promise. But if you wanted to help us with our costs, there is a donate to Box Cutters link on the website at boxcutters.net. Mm. You can donate for $3 a month, $5 a month, uh, $10 a month if you're feeling really generous, or uh, any amount that you think you can afford, and that helps us out a lot. So I just want to let people know about that. They might not be aware. A lot of people don't go to the blog. Uh, I don't know why. Uh-huh. It's full of exciting content. It is. And we always love getting uh, feedback. And and uh, listener participation. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. 
and and also during the week we uh, we often put up little news items or opinion pieces or rants that we either can't fit into the show or extended comments. Extended comments. Uh, we're also going to be adding uh, reviews to the site, uh, a lot more reviews. So some of the things that you've heard on the show, uh, but also some of the things that we've just never found a place for. In like the, the magic show. roundabout. Like the magic roundabout, Brett. Which uh, the magic roundabout. Magic roundabout. I used to be that. Oh really? Yeah. You you were the roundabout, and I'm, now you're uh, now you're the less roundabout. Yes, I'm, I'm more the overabout. You're still magic, though. Yes, hell yeah. That's how that works. This episode of Box Cutters, of course, all about television. We will be having Adam Zwar come in uh, to talk about Lowdown, his new ABC TV comedy, which is going off, which is which is doing really well. It's, it's and it's it's a funny Australian comedy. Although I do have to ask, him about, about some some negative feedback that I've had about his show, ah. uh, and basically, I want to know why are people are you going to uh, to to declare. Your your involvement with the show, I, I assume you got the negative feedback because of the bits you wrote. Uh, no, no, I'm no? getting negative feedback just because I think people find a need to vent and don't have direct contact to Adam Zwar, oh. and uh, and because I've mentioned the show a couple of times on Box Cutters, people say, "Hey, that show that you recommended, I didn't like it." All right, well, there's not much I can do about that. Uh, but anyway, I, I need to speak to him about how it's uh, how it's being uh, received. Also, hmm. uh, we might Digital, have apparently yes, but also analogically, mm-hmm. analogously those, those digits that are the magic ones. Uh, the, uh, the digital receptors. Uh, Amanda Brocci, he's he's uh, co-creator. Uh, with now is she in it? She does have a very small a very small role in the newsroom in Lowdown. Uh, but she will hopefully join us she's, on the phone. She's the she she puts the makeup on and uh, d- plays the uh, the Indian subby. Yes. No. 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 I think she's, she's not the one that no. goes up to Adam each time just before he goes into the no, his office do, and says. I do love that that role though. I think that's a great gag. It's a great running gag. We'll talk to him about that as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe Amanda, if she joins us on the phone, she apparently also not so well in quarantine this is uh this is the everybody's sick episode of box cutters we're also going to review the hbo series uh recent series from hbo in the us called mm-hmm. how to make it in america not how to make an american quilt no don't mistake no. those two but Very otherwise different. known as something else have you picked up on that no nontourage ah yes nice Yes. Nice. Uh, yeah, so How to Make It in America, we'll be reviewing that later on in the show. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. And now for the news. In uh, news that we no doubt are going to speak to Adam Zwar about when he gets here, Wilfred. Yes, the snubbing. (laughs) Your story here is more about the snubbing. My story here is is more about the fact that Wilfred has been picked up for a a pilot for uh, FX in in the US. From TV Squad, the live action pilot is based on the critically acclaimed series starring co-creator Jason Gann. Full stop. And then they go on to say Gan will star in the US update. 
They say co-creator. Not mentioning Adam Zwar. Not mentioning uh, uh, Tony Rogers, who directed it. It was it was pretty much a three-way uh, collaborative, as far as I understand yeah, but, but, the original but movie. Tony, Tony and Adam, Adam uh, are mentioned, you know, in the co-creator role. Obviously, not by Jason, name in the article. No, not not by name no. in the article. No, sorry, they're, they're referenced. They're implied co-creators. Yes, it's implicit. If you article. haven't done your research. Bad luck <laughs> to you and to Tony but, and to Adam. But I think their, their point is that Jason Gann is apparently also going to star as Wilfred in the pilot. Obviously, they loved his uh, Mark Love Sharon work. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. So, we'll, uh, we'll hopefully speak to, to uh, Adam about that if he's allowed to talk about it. And he bloody well should because it's been in TV Squad. So, uh, I reckon if they've got the story, I don't know. we should have the story. It could open a can of worms. <laughs> it could open a can of worms. I'm not looking forward to it that. It might be a raw nerve. Speaking of, uh, speaking of worms, gone to the worms, Law and Order. Pushing up the daisies. It is. Law and Order, the, the original, which I think started uh, on television in 1990 in the US. Uh, possibly 1890. I don't know. It has been going for a very long time. Did you kill that? Did 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 you talk about Laura and Otter last week predating Homicide Life on the Streets? Was that last week? Was that several weeks ago? I don't know. I'm pretty I sure th- that was last week. Maybe I did kill it. If anyone can be bothered going back and uh, and working out whether or not I accidentally killed Laura and Otter, uh, I'm sorry to all the Laura and Otter fans, but but 20 years. Long time for a show to run, uh, a lot longer than uh, than Box Cutters has, has gone for. Although this episode already feels like it, so it had a uh, a death sentence according to uh, the headline there. Uh, what what was it found guilty of? Uh, what, what was Lauren Order found guilty yes. of? Is, uh, why, uh, why was there a judicial killing? The, man? the New York Times article uh, says uh, uh, one Lauren Order gets a death sentence as another joins the force. Uh, I, I believe that the original Law and Order's death sentence, uh, their crime was being too old. Uh-huh. It's a very, very tough world in uh, in television. So has it been old. declared uh, which one um, Munch will move on to? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, frankly, I guess making I it a record-breaking character as far as number of uh, series that it stars in. Is is Munch in original Law and Order? Or has I'm he gone sure. to... Yeah, yeah, it was. So not not law and order because there was a law and order slash homicide life on the streets crossover. Yes, and then homicide finished up and Munch went over to law and order and then went to SVU with so, Ice T. Colors, colors. Well, so he's in SVU, is what you're saying. Munch is in SVU. Went to SVU when SVU started up, and now, like most from, recently, from law and order. Most um, recently, he was in. I'm not actually a viewer of the franchise, right? But, so, but I am aware that uh, he was in those two. So your assumption that Munch that he is still in needs to leave somewhere to is uh, is I think that's possibly incorrect. Well, given there's a new one, why not have him in there? Yeah, well, f- just fair pop enough. over to Philly or where, where's the new one based? Uh, and I think when uh, when Adam Chicago, saw, uh, L.A. Law and Order, Los Angeles, Lola, it's been called. Uh, and I think when Adamswar gets in, we'll ask him if uh, if, if Munch is going to appear and slow down. If he was one of the co-creators of that and also... <laughs> no. No. If Munch is... Oh, Munch in the low, in Lowdown. No, not in Lowdown. Yeah, in, in Wilfred. No, no. If Munch is going to appear in Lowdown, how many series He'd can Munch... He'd have to Munch... travel a long way. Well, he, he could do that. They have aeroplanes and stuff, you know, Brett. Maybe Adam should travel. 
in the celebrity slash hard hitting news role that he has in the character oh, on and the show. Do you think? Do you think ABC budget would uh, cover that? Oh yeah, t- totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ABC budgets are yeah. huge. That's fair enough. Absolutely huge. Yep. Uh, in uh, in other news, just briefly, oh, romantically challenged, gone. We didn't even get a chance to review it. That was... Oh, I was shocked. Josh Lawson was in that. Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> and yes, uh, was. Alyssa Milano, yes. And that Ali- was her, yes. her uh, vehicle. Um, I, I could only tolerate about seven minutes of it. And that was including being wowed at Josh Lawson <laughs> being in there. Uh, see, I, I ordinarily can uh, can watch things with Alyssa Milano in them uh, ad infinitum. Yeah, no this problem. Painful, this painful. Right? This was really, really bad. And then, uh, and then uh, later I went... Oh, that was Josh Lawson. Right. Uh, Josh Lawson. So that was, was what he was doing on that, uh, as, a, as a side note to the trip he went over to uh, shoot the pilot for Spaced. Yes. Josh Lawson, I think, is, is possibly the, uh, uh, the new... Oh, what, what was her name? Kit Gurry. No, no. The, the, the woman who would appear Eric on shows Stanley. and then the shows would just disappear. Uh, Joe Stanley. Joe Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite possible Josh Lawson is the new Joe Stanley. Taking it international. Uh, and, uh, oh, look, there's more There's more 3D sports news, if anyone is at all interested. Is it a game at the G I read about? Uh, there's uh, the, the... That's the MCG for the non-Melbourne people. Uh, the... Uh, We've spoken before about uh, the rugby union state of origin, or rugby league state of origin, that one of them state of origin... Uh, uh, it's going to be all three, uh, all th- I was going to say episodes, but they're not episodes. They're just matches, matches uh, in sports parlance. Uh, all, th- all three games game. are going to be uh, broadcast in 3D. Uh, Senator Conroy has said, yes, you're allowed to broadcast them in 3D. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, SBS are going to be broadcasting uh, some of the World Cup soccer in 3D. In related news to that, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the government has allowed a loosening of the anti-siphoning laws so that SBS can show some of the World Cup soccer on SBS2. In 3D? No, just just on SBS2. Uh-huh. They can show, the, show it live on SBS2 and then show a replay of it on SBS1 later. Yep. Uh, apparently, they've needed to loosen the anti-siphoning laws. To allow for that, given they'll have a stereographic feed, mm. they could run it. They could they could actually use the angle button and run it on SBS one and two, and have one screen in front of one eye and the other in front of the other, and that uh, that negates the need for those silly glasses for the three D TVs. Mm. I think uh, I think common sense negates the need for three D television. Oh yes, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, yep. that's you know, if you want to partake of of uh, something that's uh, technically groundbreaking, if uh, redundant <laughs> in real life, uh, in in probably the most important news of the week, Disney have resold the rights back to the original owner of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Ah. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Why is that have important. It's Power Rangers, Brett. <laughs> yes. It means Disney's not going to screw up Power Rangers anymore. Ah, cool. It means they can go back to their original Power Ranger strength. Like proper kicking ass. Proper wearing helmets unnecessarily. Power Rangers. 
Fantastic. I can't wait for the Turtles to get their rights back. Oh, well, Archie's not going to let go of them. No, it's, it's the only thing making Archie's comics any money. Do they even exist? Do Archie's comics even in- exist? Who owns the rights to Turtles now? Is it still Archie's comics? Do they exist? Really? Do they, did they own the, the rights? Yeah, yeah. Archie's bought uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, turned them oh. into colour, and, uh, and kitted them down a little bit. So they were for for a little bit more. Made the TV immature. series, made the the made movie the movies. and the sequels. Yep, gave Ice T, uh, not Ice T, Vanilla Ice, an on screen credit. He was in Secret of the Use. Okay. Uh, so so acting. Yeah. So uh, D- Disney have sold Power Rangers back to Haim Saban, uh, who was the original owner of Power Rangers, and for those who are waiting with bated breath, going. Oh, are, is, is the Stars Network going to make another series of Spartacus? The answer is yes. They are going to make a prequel to Spartacus Blood and Sand. Did, now, this may be spoilerific. Did something bad happen at the end of the first series? I have no idea. Is Spartacus dead? I have no idea. No idea whatsoever. I haven't, I haven't yet watched through to the end of the series. I haven't watched through to the end of the second episode. Oh, but I know, I know that after we reviewed it, people went, oh, Spartacus, Blood and Sand. How fantastic. I enjoyed it. So, uh, so yes, there will be another series of that on, uh, on Stars, the network that continues to not know what it is. And that is the Boxcutters News. Hey, I'm really lucky to be the guest of these funny, gorgeous, sexy, hungry men. This is Craig McLaughlin. You're listening to Boxcutters. And joining us in the box cutter studio now we have Adam Zwa, co-creator of Lowdown Wilfred. and Wilfred. But it's it's Lowdown that we're talking about. And on the phone, Brett, this is exciting. On the phone, we have Amanda Brocci, co-creator of Lowdown. Hello. It's a great coincidence. It is. Yes, and uh, yeah, we're we're very happy to be here. In our different forms. Yes, yes. Thank you very much for having us here. Uh, now, uh, but before we get on to your own personal controversy in, in the press this week, Adam, which we, we've already touched on in the show, uh, and uh, and you know we're we're trying to pick out a perfect colour ribbon to have as the uh, as the let's get Adam's name mentioned for the awareness day. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, so, but before we before we get on to that. Uh, Lowdown. How did the two of you come uh, to work together? How did you uh, come up with the idea, take it to the ABC? Basically, tell us the whole Lowdown story. Mm. Well, I met Amanda at the Sakilda Film Festival in 2002. And, um, and we had a, a, a feature film which we were working on for many years, which we, we actually never finished, I don't think, a first draft of it. And that was um, a journalism-based uh, feature film was set in, at a newspaper, and um, disagree with you there. <laughs> we did finish it. <laughs> did we? Yes. The first draft. Good. Right. Well, it, ne- it needed some work, didn't it? Uh, yeah, we were going to go do do another draft, but but it was in pretty good shape. Okay, we, we might, if, might if dust are, it off again. If there are any funding bodies listening, um, oh well, no. We actually we went through. We tried to get funding through through one of the one of our benevolent funding bodies and we didn't we didn't get the funding and I think that was enough at, at that point <laughs> <laughs> we're very easily dissuade, uh, dissuaded <laughs> yeah but no, Adam was the writer on that and I was um, script editor and and director 
and and director, putative director. (laughs) Should should the thing ever get made? Well, yeah. So I mean, uh, with Wilfred, I I kind of got the hang of writing half hour, half hour narrative, and I said to Amanda, maybe. Okay, I'm worried I'm going to be corrected again, but I, we we did talk about making it into a making a similar kind of uh, uh, I don't know setting a TV show in the world of journalism, half hour narrative, mm. and uh, we wrote the pilot, uh, had a reading. Uh, Nicole Minchin uh, came on board, who uh, pro- who was a producer, which who we knew, and um, from then we started writing the Bible. And we applied for the pilot funding at Film Victoria, and we got some money to to make the pilot. Do you want to take over, Amanda? Uh, yeah, okay. So, so then with the pilot, we we then had a we we produced a flyer which was in a tabloid sort of form. So that was our flyer that we were going to approach uh, networks with, and we went to a couple of networks. We went to SBS and. Um, and we sort of got excited about the possibility of, of going with them. And then um, we decided also to submit the pilot and flyer to the ABC. And they came back and they were very interested as well. And um, so eventually... Um, a, a bidding war, I'm guessing. Well, I wouldn't say bidding war. I, th- I think uh, while, while we're in with negotiation with the ABC, SBS went cold. Um, maybe we could possibly say that. <laughs> <laughs> It was, they, they speak to each other. Yeah, but um, we we um, so we we went. It actually happened very quickly after we we finished the pilot. Um, we got a development deal with the ABC, and uh, and then and we got because we um, we were all sort of keen to make make the show and not just be in that very real place called development hell which you can't even once you you get to a network you can produce um eight scripts or whatever for your series and still be like somewhere on the runway behind eight other shows which which uh for some reason keep getting prioritized before yours and we were pretty keen to have some kind of deal which ensured that we could go into production pretty quickly and um we had a fabulous ep debbie lee at the abc who was very very on our side and really um, helped us make that a reality. So it was um, 2008 we made the pilot and then we negotiated the deal at the end of that and then pretty much Adam and I went straight into writing the four, uh, writing the eight episodes and uh, and then we, we finished those and sort of went into pre-production and then production last year and um, just finished post-production now and it's, on, and it's screening. And uh, and how has it been uh, received since uh, since it started screening? Because uh, we've we've mentioned it a, a few times on this show. I think we're all fans uh, of it. Oh, thank you. Uh, but I know that there are still there are always going to be haters uh, <laughs> of any Australian television. Mm. How wh- mm. what sort of feedback have have you both gotten? Oh, gotten that's great English. Um, hey. Well, I, I try. I, Adam loves to sort of rub his nose in all of the haters and lovers that that fly around the net, and I tend to try and protect myself from everything, from from the love and the hate and the indifference and po-faced remarks and, mm. and things. So, so Adam probably can tell you a little bit more about 
about that. I'll tell you about but that. But one thing that I have found is that, and I and I always thought, you know, when as people get to know to know the show, it, it, that they get to know it, and misconceptions sort of fall away, and you and you get into the world. And there's been comments like, "Oh, it's getting better and better." And I I don't necessarily think it's getting better and better. I think what happens is as people get to know the characters and know the world and know the tone, and they start seeing. More of layers of the show sort of um, start to uh, start to come through a bit. Yeah, yeah, that that has been the case. Everyone says, "Oh, it's getting better." Every review in the last two or three weeks has, weeks has said it's getting better. And what's it? Is it up to episode five? Was that last Ep, week's? No, episode five is next week. Um, yeah. Well, I, I mean, that, our yeah. boss got his rule of three: is that you have you have your pilot, you have uh, the second episode, which is exposition, and it's not until the third one you can actually start running with it properly. Mm, right. Well, that it, the first episode, uh, I was amazed. I, you, you had on one hand, you you were getting four stars in Herald Sun, Daily Telegraph, um, Sunday, uh, Sunday Mail in Brisbane, and. Um, but there was a couple of net reviews that that you know just knocked me for six. I was just going, wow, you know, that's that's as, as vitriolic as I've ever seen anything. And uh, I don't know what they're talking about. There, do they? Well, you know, you, and the people only, on the internet they've got right. no idea, no, no, no idea, idea, Brett, yeah. at all. <laughs> as long as neither of you two. Um, and then and and then the reaction to the ABC Facebook page and ABC website, you know, it's pretty. You know, pretty harsh that first week, and now I'm just noticing a massive. It's like the ship is turning around very slowly, and and I'm I'm noticing a lot more positive. Well, let's let's yeah. talk about the first week because the first week seems very different to the rest of the rest of the series, mm. particularly with the voiceover. Now, with any, any listeners to box cutters will know I I, I really dislike a, a voiceover narrative in in Australian television. We do it way too much, and we. We over-narrate way too much. And I felt that was uh, an issue in the, in the first episode where we were, we were hearing things and then seeing them on, on screen. And I thought, oh, we've done it again. We've mm. done it again. And then second episode, that, that narration is really pared back and it's just the jokes. Mm. Uh, I'm wondering if there are any other big changes uh, between the the pilot episode or, or the the pilot script and uh and future scripts where you where you yourselves basically got a, a better feel for mm. for how the show was going do you want to answer that uh oh, well with the narration i um the narration was always meant to be like a cartoon caption like a glenn baxter sort of um caption mm-hmm. uh, on a on an image i'm a bit of a fan of um cartoons and captions and things and um, but in the first episode, I guess it was working a little bit harder as well because there was so much you do in setting things up, and also you're setting up the idea of um, not just the world but also of the narrator and that sort of storytelling vibe and and things. So I suppose there is a, a, a shift. There was a sort of a, a natural development of that role, and as you, it, it does. It does morph into different other things as well as you um, as the episodes progress. Mm, we tend to to get a, more of an idea of what <clears throat> of who the narrator was. Definitely, as as we continue to write. Sorry, because he's yeah, yeah he's he's definitely a character in the uh, in the show. He's he's more than just a, a narrator. He's he's an unseen character. 
Um, yeah, and I think that's because of. Um, uh, I mean, Adam describes describes him as a as a rye god, the you know the voice of God. But uh, and I and I would say that, and also the other aspect to him is that he is a little bit like. Um, in in literature, you talk about um, free and direct speech, which is, has has uh, attributes of both um, third person and first person. So, like the narrator says something, he, he's he's omniscient, and he'll say he know, he knows everything, and he talks about it. But he's but he often takes on the the t- the attitude of the character that he's talking about. So, if Adam's miffed about something, then then the, direct, the the narrator will say something, but he'll he'll take on that quality of the miftness of of Alex's at the same time. So it's something that we were sort of having fun exploring that side of things. And how many other uh, how many other Australian television shows have had uh, Academy Award winners as their uh, as as their narrators? Well, a short film has, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also um, that that. Uh, what that millionaire show, which Russell Crowe is doing at the moment, uh, where he gives a mil- where he, where a, a businessman gives a million dollars to uh, some person who who needs it. Are you guys aware of that? On Channel oh, Nine? No? I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm I'm aware of it, but I've kind of hi- hidden it a- away in in the depths of of my disdain because it <laughs> sounds like such a horrible horrible concept. Well, it's a yeah, it's a it's a British concept, but there was also. Um, Oh, the, the, isn't it called the philanthropist or something? If it's not, it should be. And um, there's another show, uh, another documentary. I was going to say that called South Side Story, which Russell Crowe was in, but actually Jack Thompson narrated that. But and, but this is this is the only drama. I have to, yeah. Mm. I, I think we were we were incredibly fortunate, and and that was the result of um, really uh, of Adam's relationship with Jeffrey through having worked on the AFI Awards together two years in a row. And uh, so, and yeah, we were we really lucked out. He and the other thing about that is that Jeffrey came on board on pilot stage, so he he didn't sort of sit it out and see how we went. He he was actually part of the 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 campaign to get us on television in in a sense by lending him himself and that incredible voice to our show. And uh, and what I like about Jeffrey Rush uh, as as narrator. Is kind of a, uh, it's kind of an Australian television history of journalism on on TV because uh, of Mercury. Because of Mercury, because he was the editor of uh, of the Sunday <laughs> Mercury, and now he's narrating this uh, this story about another tabloid, uh, and uh, and it, it just it seems like a, a natural fit. Because uh, mm. b- before then, the only times we we saw newspapers on uh, on Australian television was daily uh, daily at dawn. <laughs> That's right. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I think they do have a, a newspaper and bed of roses at the moment. Um, but Jeffrey, of course, in in Mercury, and we had the cameo from Rob Sitch uh, in episode three, which yes. I thought was a little bit of a, a nice kind of link to Frontline. With the uh, 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 with the guest roles, because the the guest roles are, are again a, another kind of character, a single character. Of all these, all these other celebrities that uh, that mm. the character comes across, uh, how many favors are you having to to call in to to get <laughs> all amazing. these guest roles? You had Craig McLaughlin uh, introducing the show. That just happened uh, very quickly. We noticed he was down in Melbourne doing uh, doing Chicago, 
and uh, rang his agent and and he said yes. I think a lot of people have, have Emily Barclay said yes, Steve Bisley said yes. It was pretty. It was on the whole. It was pretty easy. I think. Uh, I think actors have been quite attracted to the show and quite attracted to the dialogue because yeah. if it's, it's, actors are pretty good um, barometers as far as uh, as far as reading scripts are concerned. They, they kind of it bounces off the page to them very quickly, or it doesn't bounce off the page to them at all, and. Uh, Fortunately, um, the dialogues and the characters seemed to resonate with them, and they, and they came on board pretty quickly and, and easily. Mm. And there's here's a there's a um, especially for your box cutters audience where um, I can I'll tell you that when we wrote episode three, we of course had Alex Dimitriades in mind for the to play the role mm-hmm. of ah. the tennis player perfect and um and so and we approached him and he was in greece at the time shooting the um kings of coconuts yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes that's one and um and he said yes and and we were just over the moon he was the first one to come on board straight away um he he did get cold feet about it I, i don't know what happened but he he changed his mind and uh i wrote a letter to him saying that, you know, I just think he would be great and this is the character and, and blah, blah, blah and talked about what he'd bring to the role and why I, I thought that he, he was fabulous for it. And um, we didn't hear back, so we started recasting and then um, Alex Tsitsopoulos, who, who um, came and did a fabulous audition and, we, and then he came back and did a, did a call back, which was just wonderful. And, and then, at that point, Alex Dimitriades did get... Apparently he hadn't got the letter... Right. And then he, he got back and he said, yes, he changed his mind, he, he would be interested. And um, we had then had to go, well, gee, we've got, is it fair to this other actor who's done such a fantastic job to then um, parachute in a big name into this role? And so we ended up going, no, look, you know, Alex Sitsopoulos just did such a wonderful job. Um, and we, we went with casting him, but that, that was a sort of a tough decision mm. to make because, you know, we had that opportunity to work with such a big star as Alex Dimitriades in that role. And, and um, you do sort of tend to want to stack your, your small show, particularly in the first series, with as many names as possible just to get media attention and try and get your audience and so on. Yeah. But um, Yeah, but I was going to say, are you not aware of how this industry works, Amanda? Because <laughs> cl- clearly that's exactly what you need to do. It's, it's, it's one of, it's, Karmically, I think it's a good thing to do. It's one no. of the things that I really like about, uh, about this show, though, is, is that it, it doesn't do... All those things that every other uh, every other Australian production tries to do, like I mean that that story is is such a perfect example of well, let's get the better actor rather than getting the the big name. Uh, yeah, or, or, I, look, I'd hate to say the better actor it just for, out of respect to Alice Dimitriades, but but there's just the fact I said it, Amanda. Guy. I said it. <laughs> it's an opportunity for for an, an actor to become the next Alex Dimitriades, if you like. But mm. but it's also uh, it's also one of the few. I, I mean, we we saw the same thing with with Wilfred as well. It's one of the few uh, Australian comedies to come out where actors aren't just constantly chewing scenery and where. Uh, where it doesn't have to be played big in order to to get the laughs because mm. the laughs are there on the page. Yeah, yeah, that's important to us not to laugh at our own jokes in a way. Not it to, is, yeah. But uh, on the other hand, when we when we try and put clip shows together for for teasers, 
Well, I, I notice how few one-liners there are in the show. All of the, the, the laughs are actually built, they, they come out of a lot of context and situation and, and uh, character sort of stuff. It was quite interesting, it was quite revealing when we're going, oh no, that's not going to work on its own, oh that's not going to work on its own, when we're trying mm. to put a clip show together. But you know, when, when we were watching, uh, we, we looked at Make Them Laugh. Have you guys seen that? The History of, of American Comedy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it talks about the difference between those shows where you, where you actually are loyal to the name, Situation Comedy, and those shows where you just hire a truckload of comedians to come in and write one-liners. And I, and I think, in essence, Lowdown is a Situation Comedy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the situations are... Uh, are varied. I mean, we're especially it's such a location-driven show as well. Well, it's it's one of the reasons that, uh, for example, in the news we just talked about the new Alyssa Milano, uh, romantically challenged. romantically challenged. It's gone. It's axed. Ah. Finished. Is it really? Yeah, because it it was one of those shows where they tried to where they tra- just tried to put one-liners in so that they could have the laugh track as much as possible rather than really concentrating on the on the situation. Mm. And compare that to uh, another laugher like Frasier where they knew exactly what they were doing because they had two situations that they that they could choose from. For, for, any, for any one episode of Frasier, it could either be the one where uh, his ego got in the way of his own success or the one with the misunderstanding, <laughs> and and they just they took those situations and just went right. These are the situations for the, for the show, and this is where the comedy is. Well, I got mm. a lot of mileage out of it because it's a very well written show. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, I, someone actually uh, told me that on on Frasier that they'd write the scripts, and then the script would be put up on an overhead projector, and then the writing team would would go through line by line and say, how can we make this line fed- funnier? How can we make this line better? So that's the mixture of, of both worlds coming together, the situation and, and uh, a whole lot of <laughs> great one-liners. So how long does it take you to, to write a, a script for, for Lowdown? Uh, what happens is one of us will do a first draft and we bat it backwards and forwards. Gosh, we did... The eight episodes or seven episodes because the pilot was already written. Although We'd, it wasn't, it, we we did add to the pilot. So yeah, we probably added a third to it. Totally, but uh, we we did it over that summer, so we started end of November, uh, two thousand and eight. Yeah, and we probably had them all done by February two thousand and nine, uh, and we then tinkered and and kind of revisited. Until June, but uh, the or July, but the, in essence, it was done over that that really hot summer. And you guys were pretty self-contained with doing that. You didn't have to to liaise too much with uh, ABC. Uh, no, not not with the ABC. That um, that was great. Uh, we also had Trudy Hellier come on and co-write a couple of the episodes, episodes two and six, and um, we. I think basically it was an average of two weeks an episode um, that got for the first draft. And the first draft was a pretty well-honed draft. And then we actually, in February, we met with Andrew Knight, who was our script editor, and, um, and he sort of proceeded to dismantle the scripts and, uh, and then, you know, sent us sort of in a tailspin... And then we went back and, um, and in some cases, went in 
<laughs> wrong directions and then found our way back and then in other cases went continued to go forwards. But basically the second month or so, or the, the month of March, was uh, spent doing uh, revisions. And then we had a bit of a break and then we actually did another really um, solid pass on that in about sort of June or so before we went into production. Which is a lot more fun. That was a, yeah, that, that, was, that was when we really started to enjoy it. And the fact, yeah. as you may, may know, you know, when you've got something that you're about to make, it's all on the go, it's been green lit, suddenly you write better. The, the scripts suddenly get much better just because you know that it's, it's going to be on the screen and you suddenly, you're, um, you're, you become much more critical of your stuff and, but, but at the same time you're inspired. So a lot of the weaker stuff kind of falls away and the, and the um, better stuff emerges. Uh, second series? Yeah. Crossed. Yeah, I'd love to. We'd love to. Uh, I, I guess what you know, it's it's with ABC at the moment um, as to whether we get some development money. But uh, you know, we're we're cooking. We want the show. To, we want the show to go on. So in in a uh, in a case like this where you have to come up with situations for the comedy to to happen, have you got just a whole bag full of situations that that the characters could get into to? Uh, yeah, every, absolutely. Every uh, every day we see something new, and we—I <laughs> I think I'm meant to write things down, but I haven't yeah. been. But uh, well, just I, just shout them file. at people. <laughs> yeah, big pardon. Just shout uh, them at people. Yeah, shout <laughs> them at people, and then forget them. Uh, uh, no, I've got my file going, so you okay, that's good. Start yours. But they, I can sleep soundly. Uh, they they haven't uh, asked you for a quick turnaround for the second series, like with the Hollow Man. So August, you want to screen <laughs> yeah. the next lot? No, but I tell you what, the uh, um, the Hollow Man. Uh, I mean, you, you know, that's a, that's is quite a different kind of show, being based in um, pretty much one location. So, our, our, it's a and not funny. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go there, but um. so, sorry. Oh, did I say that out loud? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, so this, it, it's, it also, you know, it depends on just the, the realities of, of life, like um, whether ABC's got the budget for, you know, what, what their budgets are and so on. And so, from what I understand, there's not really anybody at the ABC that's allowed to <laughs> decide who gets any money at the moment? Well, they probably are in some kind of... Um, Lux. I don't. I'm not sure what the situation well, the, the is. Well, the new controller, structuring going on. The new controller's just come, uh, come on. So he's just been appointed. So right. I, right. I guess uh, things will. You know, they're all going to have their own brand, aren't they? ABC One, ABC Two, and ABC yeah. Three. When there's there's going to be a whole new procedure as well, where people are going to have to meet in a darkened room. <laughs> they all have to wear gowns and cowls, and, uh, <laughs> and I look chant. forward to that. <laughs> I look forward to that. You know, it's funny with every series. There's a you know, there's a different group of people. I, m- I remember, you know, when I did the wedge for my sins. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, first series there was a, a group of people, and uh, and then the second series, completely new faces from the network and and from the production company. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, hopefully Debbie Lee um, looks after Lowdown because she's really nursed in, in a. She's been so uh, trusting, but at the same time, just pushes us in the right direction when we need pushing. Yeah, she's she's been fantastic with um, just the odd comment here and there. It's been quite inspiring. We've gone, oh, okay. And originally, Amanda Duffy was part of uh, the 
um, getting the show up as well. Amanda Duffy at uh, ABC um, yeah. Entertainment. And, um, and then she, of course, um, suffered the consequences of the Chaser sketch. And uh, then, so we, we couldn't work with her on Lowdown, which was a massive disappointment for us. And now I think she's head of ABC Scapegoat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, she's back. She's back. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah something like that. Uh, and a- Adam, if uh, if the pilot for Wilfred on FX gets picked up, mm. then are you just going to be able to uh, to fund the entire second series of Lowdown all by yourself? Is, <laughs> is that how that works? Look, I, I I'd love that to be the case. I. Uh haven't seen exactly the percentages of, of of what's what's happening. I do know that I'm a I'm a nickel shareholder, so um, it's uh, of course FX being um, being cable is not as good as, uh, oh, but, as but network. It's, it's it's basic cable, so you know they get mm. more. They had the shield. Come on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, what else did FX have? Uh, they uh, had that damages. 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 Yeah. Look, um, I uh, I don't know. That's all in. That's all in the the hands of the contracts, which I don't believe it completely done. They're done for the pilot, but they're not done for let's, the series. In case anyone from the ABC is listening, let's say no, and you're unlikely to get much money from that deal, and so the ABC mm. really does need to to foot the bill. Yeah, they need to foot the bill. Yeah, just, just... <laughs> don't don't sleep too soundly, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I. Uh, I'm you know, I don't know what's what's happening with uh, the finances for Wilfred. But God bless them. I hope it. I, I hope it buys us a house. It's a. It's it's an, <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> it's an. It, it's an interesting concept because it. It's. I, I think when when you were in here last, mm. Adam, we we were talking about how how much of an Australian concept it is. Yeah, and how it's it's very much an Australian story. I'm really intrigued mm. to see how they uh, how they adapt it. Well, you and me both, Josh. I. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. I. I'm really liking the idea of them throwing out the scripts and just starting again because if you notice the, how well The Office started to do in America once they actually abandoned the, the British version. Yeah, after and the said, first episode. And they that's just, right. Let's just write from, you know, let's just write from the heart. But also, you know, there were, there were what, 14 uh, UK Office scripts mm. and they've since gone on to, they're now up to series... 850, five of, of 26 episode season so yeah they, they just had to progress from where it had been left off with the uk one. absolutely and it, it's i i think uh yeah I, I think as soon as you you can abandon what the other people have written before you I, I think that's that's the best policy take the spirit of it sure but then just uh go your own way and i think uh david david zuckerman has done the family guy uh, i think he's a, a very good fit for wilfred well, one more, uh, one more lowdown question, and then uh, mm. we'll let you get back to your sick bed, Amanda. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Amanda. You, you particularly have gone from uh, the very basic stages of of concept, and through uh, every single script, through all the editing process, through the filming, because you're the director of the of the show as well, uh, and then the the post production, the editing. Uh, and then you have to hand this baby off. At at what point do you do you go? And and Adam as well, because you you know you've got to step away at at some point. At what point do you go? Right, that's it. Now it's out of my hands. Uh, I haven't reached that point yet, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Nicole, our producer, is is very is trying to train me. The problem is that it's so fast, and the decisions that you're making are so fast. 
and I loved the scripts for Lowdown and as a director I, I just the nightmare would be that you didn't r- fulfill the potential of the scripts and uh, I and you know you, what you want to do as a director is is not just fulfill the potential but take them to a, a new level and um, and then you know again in the editing process so it's constant process of of, of development and you you do it so fast. I mean, we were shooting seven and a half minutes a day on all these different locations, going, you know, packing up and going to the ne- one place to the next to the next. And, and then um, it, it, the editing, we were sort of editing and doing the sound and the music and everything at the same time. And there's so little time that all the time, it just seems like a luxury when you're writing, all the, all the time that you got to, to write the show, then suddenly the, the realisation of it is just it has to be because it's so much more expensive it has to be very very quick and it's really hard to keep signing off on things and keep going yep okay that's it okay that's what it looks like that's the grade that's the everything yep okay I'm done because you you know I don't have the luxury of going back like you would with a feature and and say and tweaking things and so on it's it's really really difficult Two Features uh, is a TV show. You've made, effectively made two features. And Nicole's produced a, a film that we shot in May. Um, and that's probably going to get a release in, in in July. Or it'll be at the Melbourne Film Festival in July. And they're still kind of working on it. And, and uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's the reality of making TV. That's, that's hard. Because uh, that's also brought to mind that the... Uh, one of the main arguments about, you know, oh, why don't we have a good sitcom in Australia? Because that comes up all the time. And then the the answer that people give is, well, we just don't have the money to pay all of those writers and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Have you found that working in a small group has actually been better for the comedy? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I fully believe that there's got to be two, at the most, three people at the apex of any creative team. Uh, to to make it work. As soon as there's four people or five people, that's when everything becomes diluted, and uh, people so you work take at, teams. And- absolutely, people work across purposes, and uh, I, I think I remember working on the wedge, and there was like I don't know six producers, and then there was uh, twenty writers, and so many different ideas. Like every day, it would be this is the this is the new way, and um, uh, that really kind of. I don't know. Just doesn't doesn't make great comedy. And the other thing about that is that, um, and particularly for a first series, you know, Adams and my voices merged, and this has got this show has a particular voice. And um, you know, even with Andrew Knight, who who's just who's fabulous and so experienced, he's got a different voice to to our voice and so on. And and Trudy um, Hellier has got a slightly different voice again. And we've got to make sure that. Um, for you know, for Adam and I, that any contribution that comes from the outside, it actually, it, it's it's voiced in the voice of the show. Not because we're you know just rampant egomaniacs, but because you've you've just you, you've got to be you, you can't, as Adam says, you can't sort of dilute dilute an idea because that's when it becomes for some reason less funny. So it's actually mm. just a, a matter of pragmatics of of sticking to the the original concept and the spark and the, and the voice. You've got to look, it's all got to look like it's been written by the same person. And you talked about Frasier before, well, that look, looks like it's been written by one person, mm. even though it's probably got 100 writers over, over the 10 years it was on or whatever. 
Um, so if we can establish the voice in this series and maybe the next series, then you could bring, perhaps in series three, you could bring in more writers. Or series eight or nine. <laughs> <laughs> Which we're going for. <laughs> but no, seriously, you, 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 every, it's established then. Everyone knows what world you're, you're in and what you actually have to achieve. American writers are, are probably more practised at doing that than uh, Australian, Australian writers. Everyone knows if you're writing for Mad Men, you, you know what you're writing. You know, is, is doing eight episodes for a year enough? Um, or, for, or, or do you feel like really frustrated you, that you can't? Are you talking financially or, or no, no, artistically? No, artistically and, and from a creative production mm. output kind of, kind of viewpoint. I think, from, from my point of view, I think, it's, I, don't, I think we'd be lucky to, to do eight episodes a year. I think, you know, every two or three years is probably more realistic just for the amount of time that it takes from, to go from the seed and the original storylines to the, to the final show. Mm. Uh, it, it's, um, and getting I, financed, though, is, it, I know it's not Brett's question, but that takes a long time. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, yeah. You know, if they're, if they're happy Ad, Adam's with... got a headache just now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, it, but it is good to let the... It is good that the finance takes a while to, to come into place because you need to... Uh, it's great to look at, back at the scripts after some breathing time. But also, kind of now that it's out there, if if the funding kind of takes care of itself because the, the network are happy with it and they, they want it to keep on going and so they just keep on pushing the money mm. at you. That would be great. Yeah, yeah well, we have to, you have to be positive, but at the same time you can't take anything for granted in this industry. No. <laughs> you know, anything can happen, so you just have to be... You know the Boy Scouts thing of preparing. Yep. Well, be prepared. Know, preparing for the best and hoping for the best and hoping the worst doesn't happen. But you're also being aware that that could happen too. We've got That's, so many superstitions. That that was always my, uh, my my motto in when I was in the Boy Scouts. Hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Hope for the best. I, I could I could sit here and talk uh, talk sitcoms with with the two of you for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> so we, we've already gone. We'd love to. Way over time. I, I want to say thanks so much, Adam Zwar, Amanda Brocci. The Lowdown, or Lowdown, sorry, The Lowdown Show is what I was going to say, and then realised that's just too convoluted. The show's called Lowdown. It's on uh, ABC One on Wednesday nights at 9... 9pm. Get and repeated on ABC Two. 8.30 Thursday. And iView? And iView. And iView, yeah. so you can, you can catch it any which way. Thank you so much for joining us on Box Cutters. Pleasure. Thank you, Josh and Brett, and nice to uh, lock horns with you again, Josh. Postman. I have a letter for you. Did you read it? You're a godsend. Savior. No, I'm, I'm just the postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. Mm-hmm. Couple of quick letters to box cutters uh, have have come through. Q and W. Thank you very much. W is quite a long letter, but. Quick compared to our normal length letters. Are you just looking at your keyboard and going, "What are the first two letters I can see?" Straight out of this this genius brain, right, right. <laughs> so that joke, that joke was killer, Brett. I know, absolutely killer. I know. Don't you Actually, shouldn't just you shouldn't really waste odd. that on when a podcast. You, you should take you should take that up onto stage. When you opened up uh, the show tonight, uh, I I thought that uh, you were going to go into boxcars brought to you uh, by the letters. That's really weird. When when you got into a, a bit of a spruik, right? 
I don't know. Maybe maybe Sesame Workshops is in my brain. Maybe, maybe it is. I'm what do sure you think about that, that, John? Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. Oh, oh. Special one for the uh, the Humphrey uh, video podcast. <laughs> there is no Humphrey video podcast. <laughs> there is a, uh, Shane uh, Boxcutter wrote in to say that, uh, quote, while I was in the US a few weeks ago, a new show called Happy Town, produced by Josh Applebaum, started on ABC. I didn't actually watch it, but from the previews, it sounded quite interesting and seems to have had reasonable reviews from fans. Mm-hmm. I thought you might be interested in reviewing it on the show. We are. Thanks for, for bring it, bringing it to our attention. We Shane, are interested or we are going to? We are interested in reviewing yes, it Yes, definitely on, interested. On the uh, Shane, Shane, of course, uh, brought you the excellent One Thing segment. Uh, he's uh, he's the creator uh, of that. I'm I glad keep... somebody's tracking these things. Uh, so uh, so you know, he's he's full of good ideas. Yeah. So I think if a suggestion comes from Shane, it's already got it, it's it's got merit based on his previous experience. It's got the gold Shane stamp of approval. Yeah. Bam. Bam. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll try to check that out in the coming weeks. Uh, and as always, you know, if the show's no good, well then we watch the show so you don't have to. And if the show is good, then we will watch the show so that you can say to your friends and family, hey, I think we should watch this because I heard about it on Box Cutters. And it only started like uh, three weeks ago. And it, it, just looking at the blurb on uh, on the Wikipedia page, it uh, looks like it might be a somewhat an ironic title. Uh, a period of peace following a series of unsolved kidnappings is cut short when a new cry crime has everyone talking in the small Minnesota town of Haplin. Ah. Maybe the nickname of the town is Happy, given it's Haplin. Right. So so what you're doing here, Brett, is you're trying to review the show without... No, no, I'm, I, this is completely reading off that one line uh, uh, thing. I loved it. I gave it four stars. Did you? <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. had a potato. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you've uh, oh have have you seen Happy Town, John? What do you think? <laughs> Go easy, really. <sighs> I don't know. A- He's so PC. I know. I know. Uh, also, uh, an email has come in from Gabby Boxcutter. It's been a long time since we've heard from Gabby. Glad to uh, glad to have it back. Yes, yes. Loyal, uh, loyal still. Loyal still, mm-hmm. Gabby, uh, who says, uh, "Hey, Boxcutters." So the past couple of weeks, I've been using Hotspot Shield. It hides your IP address. I have to say, it's been brilliant. I've been able to use Hulu perfectly. You can find it at hotspotshield.com. Mm, I think we had a mention of that some time ago. I did. It, it it's, may it, have it's, just it's, been a message to us. It comes under the uh, the umbrella of Brett's special fancy. Yes. Uh, did we did. Were Hulu blocking it at one point? I think Hulu were blocking it at, at one point, but uh, you can use So it's basically an, an open proxy so that they can't tell where you are from strictly uh, when you're viewing their websites, and uh, assumedly it would have a server in the US that uh, is reporting the IP address, so Hulu can't see that it's not from the US somewhere. And, uh, and it's, if, you, if you look for Brett's special fancy on the, uh, on the Boxcutter site, I, I hope... Uh, that still works. If you if you do a search for that, you can find a whole lot of other IP uh, IP address hiders. Yes, spoofers. Yes. What are they called? Well, you know, once uh, well, if and when Conroy's uh, uh, massive web uh, slowdowner 
comes in, uh, everybody's going to know how to to use uh, IP, open proxies, and and the like. So uh, it, everybody in Australia will well, just by by out of habit. If anyone saw Four it. Corners last week, they uh, they they would have seen that uh, that uh, there was a, a group of. Old people in a room being taught being how, to use, how to yes ha- how to use it. which was about uh, uh, while while Conrad keeps on going on about uh, well do you want the internet open to to uh, kiddie fiddlers and and pedophiles uh, it was actually about uh, elderly people who uh, who may be in a position where they have a terminal disease and uh, want to end their suffering uh, get advice on how to do that from certain websites uh, on the internet. It was a it was a great episode of uh, of Four Corners. If you can, if it's available on iView, I, I recommend definitely. You, yep, uh, you, you try to watch it because it does give a a full and I think even handed uh, account of what uh, what the internet filter can and can't do. And uh, uh, Gabby goes on to say, I, sh- I should yep. mention. Uh, also, you should give Happy Town a watch. There has only been two eps so far, and I've been enjoying it. I didn't say that. She re- she really she really does. <laughs> I didn't I didn't make that up at all. It's there, it's there in her email. If you want to send us an email, you can send it to hooray at boxcutters dot net. That's hooray at boxcutters dot net, or just hooray use as the, in hooray, or just h double o r a y. But any other spelling of hooray will work as well. We fixed that. Not with an exclamation. Not with an exclamation mark. No, that's that just won't work in any email address ever. Uh, but yes, hooray at boxcutters.net or click on the Talk to Boxcutters link on the blog at boxcutters.net. You can't hear him panting because he is very fit, but he's just run back into the studio. Adam Zwa, you said, you're going to do one thing. I've got one thing. What would you watch if you're going to watch one thing this week? I'd watch The Inbetweeners. Uh... It's a British sitcom cross between Grange Hill and Arrested Development. Try and get your head around that. <laughs> it's set in a school and it's about four boys uh, at this kind of state school in Britain. One of the boys is the next kind of private school boy uh, and uh, he's got to make do in this kind of really tough school and he carries his briefcase to school and he's got glasses. And his mum is hot. And all the boys, um, I well, I, they masturbate over his mum. So it's uh, <laughs> it's pretty, it's funny, and there's a lot of lot of pedophile jokes in it, and uh, yeah, which is you know that I just makes for great comedy. <laughs> it's brilliant, uh, and so that's that's on Go. Go, uh, one so of the so it's a bit like an English uh, Rushmore. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and you know, I mean, it, just the fact that they're school kids gets gives them carte blanche to to do any sort of joke. It is, it's really good. You can't adults can't do these, these jokes. It's you know, suddenly aspersions would be made, but these kids can. Oh, fantastic! So let's go on Tuesday nights at nine thirty. Somehow, the I always had the impression that uh, with a name like that, it was something like Dead Like Me. So it was it was another Reaper type mm. uh, show. But uh, yep. yeah, but, but no. no. Brett, if you were going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? Uh, would definitely be the uh, opening episode on Channel Ten of. Modern Family, it's on at uh, 8 o'clock on Tuesday nights. Uh, I've very, very much been enjoying this show all the way through. Uh, there are about 20 apps ahead in the States, I think. Um, haven't and, and haven't been disappointed by a single one. Channel 10 have been flogging the hell out of 
uh, out of this. Promoting it's it, just getting getting some buzz going. So uh, is it up to second series already in the US? Uh, I think it's been renewed uh, for second series. I'm not entirely sure on that. So the, the delivery it's, it's was 20 a, eps or something? Uh, well, the season, uh, standard US season's uh, 22, 22, 24 eps. Yep. Okay, yep. right. Uh, and created by uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd. We were talking about uh, mm. Frasier in our interview. Uh, Christopher Lloyd and Steve Levitan, who uh, created Just Shoot Me. So they've come together for, for Modern Family. Meeting of it's, Giants. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. If I was going to watch one thing, it would be on ABC One on... You thought I was going to say low down just then, didn't <laughs> but you? Why, did, why don't you? Because uh, I, I, I did it a couple of weeks it ago. It becomes boring after yeah. a few weeks. <laughs> I just do it every okay, week. No, no, no. <laughs> I was going to say low down again. <laughs> uh, ABC One on Thursday afternoon at 12.30. They're showing Jeeves and Wooster, the Stephen Fry, uh, Hugh Laurie series. Oh, that's brilliant. And it's really good. I've been really enjoying it. I kind of uh, recorded it on the IQ a, a few weeks ago for the first time just uh, because I heard someone talking about it and thought, oh, oh I didn't even realise this was on. I just happened across it. Uh, and have been loving it every week since then. So uh, Thursday afternoon, 12.30 on ABC One, set your recorders or stay home from work. Who would have thought with, with you, Laurie? There was an interview the other week I, I read of Stephen Fry, and he, the interviewer asked him about Hugh Laurie, and he said, whatever happened to that guy? <laughs> and that was it. That's all he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, he's, uh, he's, too, he's just... Gone into oblivion. No one's heard from no him since. No one's ever since. No, no one has. It's good that Stephen Fry's got his career going, yeah. going very well. Yeah. Thank you so much, Adam Swire. Thanks, thanks for running back in. I mm. wouldn't have thought about in-betweeners. No, check it out. Okay, question three. Which can I- all these going to be about war? No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? If you were listening very carefully to the show, very carefully to the show. What? What, Brett? Go on. I was going to make up a question. What key was the saxophone warming up in the green room? That's how carefully you needed to listen to the show. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer. Do you know the answer? Hooray, boxcutters.net. No, that's not the question. That's not this week's quiz question. This week we have to give away to one lucky listener a sky blue? I think maybe more aubergine. It's not aubergine. It's nowhere near aubergine. It's blue. It's a light blue crumpler t-shirt. It's, the size is large. Mm. Uh, the crumpler t-shirts tend to be a little bit undersized, I think. Or sexily sized. Oh, sex, sexily sized. To show all of your bulges and or curves. Show off your six pack or your keg. Uh so we have one of those to give away if you can answer the following quiz question. Brett. Yes. Name three Australian comedies, dramas, Australian TV shows. Thank you. That have been set in a newspaper. That's it. Just name three Australian TV shows that have been set in a newspaper. Send your entries to hooray at boxcutters.net. Surrounding a newspaper. Not like, not like the Andy Cap show, which was uh, <laughs> an unfunny 
<laughs> just uh, cell by cell uh, TV series. That was terrible. <laughs> I couldn't believe they they actually. Uh, oh, you 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 mean in a newspaper's offices? Yes, yes. rather in, than in the offices of in a the newspaper. actual pages of a newspaper. Yep. So, yep. like, if Gumby could go into a newspaper as well as he could go into a book, mm. that would be a show set in a newspaper. Yes, but we we want shows that are set in a newspaper office. And for extra points, name the best one. <laughs> no, again with your extra points. There are no extra points. There's no supplementary question. There's no. There's no just, extra prize. Just extra just points. Send your box answers. cutters points. Hooray at boxcutters.net and uh, and you can win yourself a wonderful crumpler T-shirt. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod, cast, done. Pork is on the table. Mmm, crispy, crispy pork. Something we didn't mention in news, Brett, uh, and because I, I don't really think it counts as news, but it was reported mm. as such. Uh, in Adelaide, they've built a new digital television tower because apparently there was uh, a, a spot in Adelaide where people just could not get digital television reception at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they haven't actually built the tower yet. I think they've started building the tower this week and Senator Conroy was there to say, look, we're building a tower. What What is the deal? I, I haven't specifically looked into this, but I know for a fact that uh, the, the broadcast area on uh, digital radio towers aren't anywhere near as strong as those of the analogue uh, broadcast transmission towers. Um, th- are there are there a number of digital TV towers dotted around metropolitan areas to get full coverage generally? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I would have thought that they would have worked this out beforehand. I'm also wondering if there's – who the responsibility uh, lies on. Is it the federal government's job because they're the ones who have, have said – we are having a switch off of analog signal, mm-hmm. or is it the networks who need to provide the signal, or is it the city councils who allow buildings to be built, thereby blocking the the potential for other residents to get signals? You're assuming that uh, it was buildings blocking them out, and not just say uh, some some feature of the uh, terrain. It could it could also have been a, a feature of the terrain. I'm trying to find. Yeah. I, the I don't article. think they should have uh, built built that transmission tower on the uh, the non Adelaide side of the Adelaide Hills. I reckon that would have been <laughs> better planning. Uh, the uh, it's the para escarpment digital television facility, uh, and. Uh, so if it's a literal escarpment, then uh, maybe there's there's actually a, a drop off, and uh, these people are right uh, at the foot of that, and so the signal just can't get around that corner. Yeah, it's it, it's it's possible. Uh, hmm. uh, apparently, a lot of areas have been having intermittent reception problems, uh, but they don't talk about why those problems have been happening in the uh, article that I've got. It's not actually an article; it's just a, a media release from the minister's office. It's interesting because so much of Adelaide is so flat. Um, it's not until you get uh, quite a way south or quite a way east that uh, you actually get anything approaching hills, really. Yeah, I know. It's so- you kind of come over that rise and, and there it is all laid out in front of you. You can see the airport there. You can see the city there. Um, I'm 
I'm uh, motioning for the video podcast, of course, um, and uh, cross crossroad that uh, goes well, up back up to the uh, freeway back to Melbourne. And Adelaide is the size of a standard Melbourne backyard as well, so. Hmm. Uh, so I, I can't really see why it would be a problem, but apparently it's just just poor planning. They do love tailgating, though. <laughs> they do. Uh, that that does bring us to the end of Box Cutters episode two hundred and twenty four. Before we go, though, yes, I know we said we were going to do a review of How to Make It in America or uh, Nontourage, but uh, we clearly ran out of time because. Uh, uh, Adam Zwar and Amanda Brocci were far too interesting too talking engaging. about lowdown. Uh, yeah. so, so sorry about bringing to engaging guests. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that's terrible. It's terrible when that happens. It is. Uh, so yes, thank you very much to uh, to Adam and Amanda for coming slash phoning in to the show. Uh, you can watch Lowdown on ABC TV on Wednesday nights at nine pm if you want to. Thanks also to uh, John Richards for staying silent. All episode. But hilarious mime. So funny in the mime. Look, it's, it's like he's in an invisible box. It's hilarious. It's he's hilarious. Like, help, let me out. We really, That's uh, why we can't hear him. We really hope that John gets, uh, gets better soon and we'll save How to Make It in America for his next uh, show, which should be in two weeks' time. Uh, homework for uh, anybody that wants to read along next week. We're having a look at Treme. Uh, Which is uh, the new David Simon? David yes, Simon? David Simon. Uh, uh, based new, in New Orleans. Orleans. Uh, and, uh, and also for uh, anyone... Uh, for anyone who's who's curious, yes, next week's show will be very, very short because then I have to run out and watch the final episode of Lost. Until next week. My name is Josh Canal. And I... <laughs> It's just continually funny. He he is a man of rubber face, uh, John Richards. uh, (laughs) Rubber face Richards. That's what they call him. Rubber faced Richards. And I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time. Same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Box Cutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458-288-837. That's 0458-CUTTER. Wait, wait, wait. He's, he's writing something down. Mm-hmm. He's writing something down. What's, Can you read it? What's, what's that? What's that? Right. I... I don't have... I don't have anything to say in this bit. Thanks, John. Thanks. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters. <laughs>